Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, as always. Big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Suttles Solution, helping to make this podcast possible. I'm excited. We have a great one for you today. And I was just talking before I had this guest on my phone for about <laughs> six to seven months before I reached out. It is a pleasure to finally have you on the podcast. Moody Black, welcome. Man, well, hey, I'm glad to be here. It's honored. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate you. Absolutely. And um, I know we first met a few years back um, at a, an event that you, you spoke on. You, you shared some verses, which was very impactful. I remember I was streaming it. I was recording it. For anybody that's listening right now who, who, haven't, who hasn't been lucky enough to be introduced to you yet, why not really quick introduce yourself, tell them who you are and what it is you do, brother. Ooh, y'all get ready. It's a list. Uh, <laughs> well, I am Moody Black, man. Originally from Sparnbury, South Carolina. I'm in Greenville now. Uh, born and bred in South Carolina, South Cac, as they call it. Um, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I mean, if you want to put me in a box as an artist, but I'm a visual artist. I draw and paint. I'm a spoken word artist. So I write these words and I express these words poetically. I'm a hip-hop artist. I love writing rhymes and doing hip-hop, and especially after some substance and content. And it's jamming, by the way. Oh, uh, but uh, I'm I'm a nerd. <laughs> I love watching my Marvel comic movies. I love sci-fi. I'm an avid reader, man. A lot of self-help stuff. I love reading. I'm a motivational speaker. I love speaking to the youth. Uh, I've done a lot of schools. Spoke to a lot of homeless people. Help them with their situation or give them hope. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I have yeah. different brands. I'm a brand ambassador. I help other people uh, push their brands. So yeah, I'm, I'm all the, I'm, I, my talent and skill encompass all of that, my brother. So yeah, woo, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and hey, I, I've beard model. I'm a beard model. Yeah, beard and fashion model. By the way, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to follow the Instagram page, which I'll also have in the show notes as well. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I respect the hustle, man, and I see you working so hard, and and I love the art that you produce. And I know uh, it's it's amazing to articulate feeling and emotion, and it's not something that comes easy for somebody like myself. And you even mentioned in your TED talk how we are all poets. I'd love to unlock yes. a little bit of that realization for you of where was the catalyst that went from these emotions that we feel, or for you that you feel, to putting that out on pen or paper or on canvas how was that transition for you man it, it, was, it was a great thing i always tell people this story my mom you know single mom italian and much past my father he just he, he was in the house so i, I want to paint this picture i was just poverty stricken you know <laughs> single mom situation which we, we was po not poor it was po but my mom was very artistic very intelligent woman hats off to mom but she would work all day and she'd take these evening courses and she'll bring home these thick literature books for my sister and I to read these poems. We were like, no, no, we don't read no poetry. But me being nosy one day, my mom had this hallway in the bookshelf, only bookshelf we had in the house, maybe three tiers on it. I'm just being nosy and curious, and I was bored. And I found this book. It's entitled This Time Called Life by Walter Render. He's a poet on the West Coast, wrote during the 60s. But I saw these young people on the cover, 
playing. I'm like, okay, you know, we see pictures first, especially I'm like 11 years old. So I start flipping all these images, these black and white photos, these young people being free and playing and start reading the poems that go with it. And it's about being young and free. And I'm like, okay. And I started reading these poems and I started having a connection. Like, okay, poetry, it can talk to me. Okay. So I had to go back, I had an appreciation for my mom introduced me to. I had to go back and, and read the Nikki Giovanni's, the, the Langston Hughes, the Maya Angelou's. And I started writing myself, you know, just my little 11, 12 year old brain. You know, uh, how, you know do you like me? <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I just want to be free. <laughs> this bondage. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we just, so, hey, we have so many troubles at 11 and 12, I tell you. But anyway, <laughs> but it allowed me to express myself. And, and when I speak to young people, I let them know, hey, this is another avenue. This is a door. It may not be the end all, the, the be all. You know, if you have some real serious stuff, go seek professional help. But this is the opportunity for you to get free, to express yourself and allow me to do the same thing. So I want to spread that gift to young people. And, and oh, I do adult workshops, too. So I tell anybody, man, you're a poet. Just write your feelings down. That's a start. Just write them down. Start with the page first. But I promise you, if you share your thoughts and feelings, you're going to realize you're more connected to a lot more people than you think. You're, not, you're never the only one. We always feel like we're the only ones going through something. Yeah. You tell your story you realize you're not the only one. That's like a thought I've had for a while. And I keep reiterating to people. And I say, you know, our problems are not our own. And a lot of times when we have our problem, we think we're the only ones with it because it's the first time we're facing that problem. But chances are there's somebody else in life that's, that's had the experience or, or exactly. had to go through it. And, and I love when you mentioned about, you know, just writing it down because I've adopted the habit of journaling. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I'm kind of just write my reflection on the day, write how I performed, how I feel like I did. If something significant happened that stuck out, I'll kind of write it down. What I'm learning is as I'm writing those emotions day in and day out, it almost becomes a little bit easier to articulate. It's almost Mm -hmm. like before we could find our voice, we first have to speak and have to be willing to um, not be articulate in order to be articulate. I think that's where a lot of us stop. How can we keep going? How can we keep reiterating that that practice to eventually find our voices man well uh, i will say for these days of time uh, unfortunately we have this virus that made us do everything virtual but what i'm discovering when i'm hosting my open mics during the day i'm having a lot of people that get on the live and may share a poem only because they've never done it before and they see all these other people doing it start so feeling coming i've had people come out open mic like for weeks before they even get up and share anything because they realize or they may have, they've been really nervous and scared or they wrote before they stopped, but they get so encouraged. Once again, you feel like you see, you see that you're not the only person doing something or going through something. Like, well, you know what? They tell them my story. I got a story too. I'm going to share my story. So to get connected, find some, find an outlet, get with some people, get some groups, whatever that's out there to, to, to showcase what you have, to, to express your, your, yourself what you're going through, because it's other people. And I think it's our thing as human beings. We want to feel like we're not the only ones. You get, get around some other people. You're like, okay, this is cool. Okay, I could do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would prescribe to anyone, just if you can't, you don't have the nerve just off the bat to do it, get with some groups. Get, get accumulate. I mean, just get accustomed to what's going on and just be cool, and then and they'll come out. Yeah. You'll be compelled. You know what I'm saying? Get that bug, that bug bites you. You out there, you out there reciting. all all of a sudden you 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 feel what it's like and then you want to come back for seconds thirds and and then some more right exactly matter of fact when i when when covid hit and i started doing open mics which really started 
I have a chat book that's out, a little poetry book, and I would just get on live and I'll read two poems again. I may be 15 minutes on the live, and uh, then poets would start coming in asking could they share. But the one person in particular was there every day. Uh, and shout out my homie Sint in St. Louis. She hit me on Facebook with a poem, just trying to get some people to read her poems. And I read this beautiful poem, and I told her I loved it. And I'm doing this live thing. So she would come in. I'm like, you want to read? She's like, I've never done that. And I'm never going to do it. It took her like almost a month just to, <laughs> to actually get on the screen and share a poem because she started seeing other people doing it. She started getting comfortable. And I would make sure she felt comfortable as well. And uh, now she's she's hosting too. She's <laughs> performing nice. everywhere on these lives. Nice. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. I think that's the process a lot of people need to kind of understand and see <clears> is <throat> first having the idea, the thought, and then being in that environment where those around you are encouraging and, and mm. comfortable environment to do so. I know you've been doing a number of open mics. This is pre-COVID when you're first coming up. I guess yeah. talk about your journey and your experience because it, it's it's one thing to, to be a poet, right? It's another thing to make a mm. living off of being a poet. And that's something Ooh. you've been able to, to tell you, man. Talk about it's, that it's transition. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I want, once I was young, man, I, I definitely I was doing the school. Teachers would see my gift and they make me read in front of the class. And back then, and it's changed a little bit now, but doing poetry wasn't a cool thing. So I got teased and ridiculed. <laughs> but I, I kept with it because it made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? But when I got to high school, when I always tell the story to young people, um, the same people, especially like the, the athletes, oh, they go hard on me, man. But they'll see me by myself in high school. Hey, bro, hey, you think you can write me a poem to get my girlfriend? I'm like, yeah, $10. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so my entrepreneurship was hitting early, man. So I would do that. And then I, and the, and the guys, the ladies, like, because I was that dude. I was that dude who wrote the poems. Nice. And the ladies were like, I want to write a poem, my boyfriend. I have a poem, a poem I have to do for this assignment. $10. And I, so I would make money for doing that, man. So it was always in me. But five years ago, I started doing it full time, man. I just went through my, my second marriage failed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to do something different in my life. You know, I, I made all these connections doing poetry all these years because I would host open mics and I, I've done these competitions and festivals. I mean, so many poets from around the world, around the country, basically. And uh, so I had all these, uh, accumulated all these connections, people hosted open mics and venues. So I'm hosting and paying people to come and perform. I'm like, well, there's several people doing what I'm doing. Let me go hit that venues and let me get paid to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I set up a tour, man. I, I actually was in the hospital. I had uh, both my uh, lungs filled with blood clots. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had like a knee surgery and all that messed it up. And uh, had I not went to the hospital, I thought I had a heart attack or something. Uh, they made me stay in the hospital, man. And uh, I had a lot of time to really soul search. And I, yeah. I took that jump. And I just really just, as years went on, just kind of really learning more about the game. Um, trying to find different avenues with poetry because I just couldn't do just the poetry. My first year was doing that. And it's a, it's a huge toll, man, if you're not prepared for it. And I tell people now when I'm doing workshops, you know, pay yourself to do your own stuff. If you work in a job, you want to transition out, well, stack, stack some money first. But mm -hmm. see me, I just jumped out there and I, I fell fast, bro. I fell fast. So that experience taught me, okay, now let me make sure I can start saving more money. And I tell people, if you don't do this, do this first, save your money first and go out there. But not just doing these shows and performing your sets, but find different ways to make it a business. You know, I do voiceover work. I've, I've had people from like the United Way and other companies have me do voiceovers for what they're doing. I may do a poem, 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? People, they, you know, so that's another avenue of being a brand ambassador. I'm representing different brands. People pay me for that, you know, get into the school. So I became a certified teaching artist. Now I go not only through the arts council, they, they contract me, but I can contract myself through my own business mm-hmm. and go out there and teach young people how to write and teach adults how to write. So you got to find different ways to make it work. And you know, I had a couple of falls along the way and, um, and in COVID, but that was the biggest monster. I was like doing good. I'm like, oh, now I can't go to schools no more. There we go. <laughs> but, 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 but being an entrepreneur, you had to find other ways. And now virtual, you know, okay, now I got to do it this way. So let me study the game. Let me reinvent myself. Let me go this way. So just having that. an entrepreneur spirit. It's not giving up. And I, I love that because the resourcefulness just in that story from high school, um, you mentioned the first thing I wore that wrote down was wear it on your sleeve. Cause you said, yeah, in high school, it was not the popular thing to do, but you were that dude. And because you were that dude, sure in, in the public or in the front of the classroom, the, the jocks might be a little, you know, yeah. had their chest out and like, Oh yeah, whatever. But on the side, they're like, yo man, you know, let me, let me, let me <laughs> <laughs> capitalize. I take that because I got their money. I'm yeah. like, okay, you climb me how you want to. After class, you pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is applying that in and finding out the <clears throat> in, in you seeing where that skill can be applied to in voiceover work, branding oh, yeah. work, and in the schools. That's amazing to 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 understand that. A lot of us look at our skill set and we put ourselves in a box and we put ourselves mm. in, in one lane and we're like, well, this is what I do. But we don't understand that the skills that make us successful in lane A might also make us successful in lane C. Lane B might not be mm. for us, but lane C, just two lanes right. over, can also be a, another right, route. Right, right, right. That's really important. What is it do you think about poetry, good poetry that resonates with so many people? What bridges that gap? What does that tap into for people? Make, make it accessible. I, and, and one of the things I've seen, just do, especially in the poetry slam community, because there's a lot of competition, and people try to outright each other. Mm-hmm. And one thing that gets lost when I see, when I, I watch people, and I, when I'm done performing a lot of time, I listen to people. We get so far and so ethereal as writers, we lose connection with people, with the, the everyday layperson person who's coming to learn may not know a lot about poetry and then they see they they mystified by it but if you're not connected with them you done lost them so i think the biggest thing is to to not not i'm not by no means saying dumb it down but you want to be able to to relate you got to make have relatable content you got to have relatable subject matter to to bridge that gap to this art that people feel like they can't touch it to bring it to them so they can touch it you know, a lot of my favorite poets are poets who tell this this story, the personal story, and make it artsy, to make it creative. But they can tell it's a story involved where they can learn a lesson from. Or somebody say, "Yo, that's my story." Yo, I can't, I can't, I didn't think I could write it, but that person's speaking it. Mm-hmm. I, I I dig that. Now I like this poetry stuff. I seen people do it. Like, oh man, I didn't know poetry was like this. I like it now because all we know is is just from what we learned in school, and it's all about how you teach it too. Back then. We learned some of the, the, the greats, some of the old archaic poets, which I, I respect. But a lot of kids can't relate to E.E. E. Cummings or Williams Wordsworth, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of those are, you know, Robert Frost and all those. They, they, they're great and they're all right. But you get a kid from the hood, they not, I'm not understanding that. I can't relate. It's not in the language I can understand. You know, even, even if it's in a beautiful archaic language, the subject matters, I can't relate to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, a, that's what I get from a lot of youth. So you got to be able to, to bring that down so they can make it 
they can digest it and chew it. You got to make it relatable, yeah. you know? So I'm starting to see a lot more of that. This past 10 years, I've seen that kind of grow and evolve with people. A lot more people are realizing I could do this too. I could write, I can get this out yeah. because there's a connection. I love I loved the way you explain that because I think, you know, when we mentioned some of the experiences we go through and our problems not being our own, some of the poetry that's resonated with me so well has been the connection I felt to it in terms of they articulate mm. how I feel. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like, and I think we've all been there where you, you hear a coupling of words or you hear a quote or you read a, a verse and it beautifully describes exactly your feeling in that moment or at a certain moment in time. And that's where mm-hmm. that connection to it comes. Um, my favorite poem um, for, for listeners and for you is, is uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the If Poem uh, by Rudyard Kipling. And it, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it breaks down okay. all of the intricacies of, of you know, what it means to be a man. And when, when I read that, it's, it's something that when I first read it, I had to kind of learn the pace of it. And this is kind of, I guess, getting to the nuances of poetry, how mm-hmm. there's, there's structures and then there's other poems that I've heard that don't necessarily have that structure. It's more disruptive. What are those different structures? And, and I guess, what's the strategy and the use of each? Well, and, and when I do my workshops, I break it down, especially since I've done a lot of IG live, I come across a lot of poets who just you know, come on there, share their poetry. When I live, know how to do these workshops, and I talk about the technical stuff. Like, wow, I didn't know that was that. Because even when I was growing in this, this art form, and you, you've been writing a certain way, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was a double entendre. I, I didn't know, oh, that was called that right there. That wordplay <laughs> was this right here, you know. Oh, this is alliteration, you know. I didn't know this. We just wrote from our heart. But when I start realizing that these things have a name, I'm able, oh, now I can learn more about this particular uh, poetic device I can use it more, I can utilize it more. So once I study more of that, I'm able to, to, I guess, to fix my poems in a way that can be really, really clever. I can have a lot more intelligence, but because I'm so in tune with the hood, I can be slick about it. I can slide these in and give these lessons to people. They're like, man, that's crazy. What is that called? So I can tell them that's what it is right here. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's very important to know those things. And I, I was fascinated once I found out that these turn these things had a name. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> He's had a name. This is an actual device. You know, one of my favorite devices besides imagery is internal rhyme. And uh, especially being a hip hop head, Rakim was, was a master of internal rhyme and a, a, a rich rhyme. When I found out that when you see it on paper, the last two words don't look like it rhyme, but when you say it, you can make it rhyme. That's called a rich rhyme. Eminem is like a master of that. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, if you read these two words, he just rhymed on paper. They don't look nothing like this should rhyme. But how you say it, how you enunciate it, stretch it, or stretch a syllable, or stretch a vowel, you can make that word rhyme together. And when I discovered the wrench rhyme, I'm like, wow, oh, that's what it's called. Oh, man, Eminem does that a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's what's, yeah, but, but I can do my talk to young people about doing that. I can mention a rapper or somebody listen to using that. Oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, that's what that's called. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's a great way to bridge the gap, man, introduce those terms. And, and it's important, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Man, especially as you grow with it. But I always tell people like you, you say, if you want a journal, you, that's a start. Just, just write it out. Get that. Let's that's, take first test. Let's go to A first. We get to Z, let's go to A first. Yeah. You know, so, but, but as you go along, I, I, throw, I throw in some stuff here and there, throw a term at them, throw a pointed device, and uh, they, they can get a little slicker with their rhymes. Or their I love poems. that. Because that's kind of talking about the importance of the toolbox, right? And, and understanding mm-hmm. really the structures of what's in there. And we, we always say, hey, you know, you need to break 
you need to know the rules before you can break the rules. And kind of what you're right. just is learning the structures and learning those tools in the toolbox. And now mm-hmm. that you know the tools in the toolbox, listen, a hammer in my hand can do some, some things. I could hammer a nail. But you put the hammer in a skilled carpenter, they can build a house. Ooh. And that yes. is the difference, is, is who's wielding that hammer. So learning the tools in your toolbox is huge on, on building that. Yes. What's some of the most fulfilling... Uh, things you've been able to experience through your poetry and its impact on others. Oh man, it's so many stories. Uh, one in particular, uh, years ago when I was in Spartanburg, I did a, a show through Hub City mm-hmm. and I did a poem uh, dealing with domestic violence based on a true story of someone I knew was, uh, who daughter was getting abused and eventually was murdered by a boyfriend. And I, kind of, I told that story in the poem and when I stepped down, this tall dude, about six foot three, and his tiny little wife came to me. And I, you know, she's crying, she's bawling. And I didn't know what to expect. And he was like, You gotta excuse her, man. You just that hurt your poem touched her because before we got married, she just got out of a situation like that. The dude tried to kill her. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Everything you said was her story. Yeah. And we just want to tell you. And I'm, he's speaking for her, like she just, ah, ah, ah. we want to say thank you, man. Because you know, you give uh, others uh I guess on, on, to be on notice that this can happen for real. This is somebody's real life. This ain't just words. You know, so my wife want to say thank you. You know what I'm saying? And I used to think it was cliche. Poets used to wear these t-shirts that say poetry save lives. I used to think it was cliche until I start really getting serious. Like really start getting professional. And I start seeing it. I'm talking about people who are ready to kill themselves will come to open mic and just, wow, I needed that. We think their life. You know, I got, I got a, a, somebody I know personally who started coming you know, way before this COVID stuff years ago to our open mic and was like, man, okay, I can do this. I can tell my story like that. Man, I don't want to kill myself now. You know, and, and it really saved lives. So I had people approach me and tell me that. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest rewarding, most rewarding thing I've ever experienced when people tell me that it helped them. I, uh, even especially now when I was going to the schools, I've had kids, like the teachers always have the kids like write, uh, write thank you letters or something like that. But I always had like a handful of kids that tell me, yo, I used to hate poetry, but I love it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this is pretty cool. Now I, have, now I got a voice. You know what I'm saying? I did yeah. a uh, workshop at Woodmont uh, Middle School, and the teacher was crying because one of the kids who never says anything. We, I, did, I stayed to open mic. We did a workshop every day, and the last day we did an open mic where the kids went to the theater, and they all got on stage. This, this redhead kid got on the mic and read his poem, and the teacher started crying. I'm like, you okay? She said, no, because I'm okay, but... This young man, this whole semester has said nothing. And he has a voice. Like he he said his poem and, and he has self-esteem issues. And he read it. And she just, the teacher broke down crying. Wow. So stuff like that, man. It's 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 a reward. And let you know, like, well, you know, okay, keep doing what you're doing, Moody. Just stay with it. It's gonna pay off. You're doing something good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I love that. I love that. And and you know, to the listeners that that are probably sitting on the edge, whether it's journaling, starting your poetry or whatnot, you know, find purpose in your pen. And, mm. and just apply it. And I'll, 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 I'll be <laughs> the first to tell you when I started journaling, I didn't know what I was writing down. And I'd be like, well, today was Tuesday and I had, <laughs> I had pizza for dinner, but, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, there, there's moments that, that stick with you, you know, um, where like even little moments of reflection, I've spent the longest away from my parents with this whole COVID thing and me not being an emotional person that that much, uh, just the fact of, you know, being with some friends and them saying something, 
which triggered the thought of my parents, which triggered a feeling of me missing them, which sparked an emotion I didn't right. really understand until I put it down on paper. So mm. um, I love it. That's that awesome, bro. When you put the purpose in the pen, I think it's amazing. I, yes. I hope our listeners can take some things away from that. You mentioned the stuff you were working on now and, and how you've been adjusting with, with, with COVID and the pandemic. Mm. Do you want to talk about Manifest and the, and the project you, you've really been pouring yes. into lately? For yes. I'm going to hear more excited, about that. Man. man, look here, man. Well, let me touch before I go on that. Just yeah. For those who do, uh, kind of skeptical about writing, look, y'all, you, you ain't got to be a perfect person. I know sometimes people put poets on the pedestal. Alliteration. So we poets on the per- on the pedestal. <laughs> and I let people know I'm not a perfect person, man. And I, I tell people that, let them know that wherever you are in your life, you start from where you are. You know what I'm saying? And you know, just try to be a better version of yourself. But uh, but I'm a flawed person, but I got feelings. So I write them. Now with the project, man, uh, about five years ago, and this is me going to my Second, second marriage didn't work. I'm like in, in, a, in a real bad place. But I was like, man, you know, I've been rapping since I was like 11 or 12. I already did a, a, a solo album in 2009, but I recorded in my house. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't a lot of investment into it. I put it out there, but but um, I was like, you know, I want to do this series. I really want to do do this. And I hit my homeboy, shout out my man Damalo. I was like, man, I want you to be my executive producer. He's been signed before. And uh, I want you to guide me this process. So I did an EP. Uh, about three years ago, and so past after that, I was working on manifest. It took me a couple of years, but I knew the vision, I knew the time and the quality I wanted to put into it, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's professionally recorded. And I'm saying something, and it's, I want to make sure it's jamming. Cause a lot of time when people say they got some conscious rap, it's whack. I'm gonna be real, it ain't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did what you're saying, but it ain't jamming. And uh, my man Andre Three Thousand said they said people come to Outcast all. All the time we will be like y'all man make some far out space music it's yeah but make sure it's jamming though it's jamming and mm-hmm. i wanted to make sure i got the right beats right producers with it and uh i'm proud of project 15 tracks four skits i brought the skits back on the album nice. shout out to the lovely big old tone hollywood j do they donated some time to do some skits for me yeah so <laughs> i really put it together oh yeah it's, the skits are funny but i want to add some humor because the songs are kind of really heavy yeah. But I have some humorous skits in between, so I want to have a balance in the in the in the album, man. And uh got some real cool guest appearances and got some real cool songs that you can bob your head to, you can think to, but you'd be like, wow, and feel good. And and right now on my band camp, I got over two thousand plays. I just released it the 30, 31st of July. Okay. So yeah, about maybe three and a half, four weeks now. Yeah, and, uh, fresh out. And I'm, yeah, and I'm <laughs> and a lot of people listen to it, and a lot of people said telling me Jim, like, I have people like call me and had the music playing in the background. Yeah, I'm loving this album. I'm trying to think so, of yeah. one song. Um, I was listening to it the other day. Um, it started with an A, I think. What was the name of that song? With an I, A? Um, hold on, I got my CD. I'm right looking here. for it right now <laughs> because I was I playing it. Let me see with an A. Oh yeah, CD, y'all. It's a CD right here, Manifest. Uh, there you go, Manifest. Oh, it didn't start with an A. It was. The long, the long way, the long, the long way. way, me and Tamalo, yeah, the long way, <laughs> the long way. I was thinking, yes, that was from way, but man, it, it's a great album. I, I hope our listeners, I'm gonna make sure to have a link for our listeners, okay, so they can check it and out. And it's on uh, every streaming uh, platform, man Spotify, Title, Google awesome. Play, it's on all that, iTunes, yeah, it's on that. Awesome. How can folks reach you on other platforms, whether it's Spotify, Instagram? 
Facebook. I know you've been doing the open mics on Instagram too. Yeah, the Mid Devil Mic, hosted by that guy, Moody Black. Oh, that's my little shtick, that guy. Um, <laughs> every day, Eastern Standard Time, two o'clock, Monday through Friday, uh, hours, sometimes two hours, and people just come in, we, we talk it up, they share poems, some people come and sing songs, uh, a couple people play instruments, and uh, we formed a tribe, we call ourselves the Ain't Right Tribe. We nice. ain't right, but we still here. Yeah, <laughs> that's our motto. Because we, we're not, we, like I said, we're not, we, nobody's perfect, man, but you start where you are. And you grow and heal from that point on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's, we've all, I got my little group of misfits and we we celebrate and being ain't right. <laughs> we know we ain't right, but you know what? We growing, we healing, we still here. That's what it's all about. So that's what that is. But caught the album. You can find me, IamMoodyBlack.com. I am Moody Black everywhere. Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, I am Moody Black. I love it. And I'll have all those links in the show notes so people can go ahead, just cop that. I'll be sure to link the album as well, Manifest. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy it. And uh, I I appreciate you being on the podcast today, man. I learned a lot about poetry, but more so I learned the importance of of not just applying our emotions and putting it to paper, but also the importance of taking on a craft and, and, Mm -hmm. and pouring ourselves into it and having the humility to be uh, less than perfect and having the humility right. to to find our voice little by little because as we take yes. up on anything in life we first have to to learn before we could we could be competent exactly. at it absolutely uh, any parting words you'd like to give with our listeners our guests before I let you go today uh, cop the album <laughs> you can play <laughs> this on your grandma and still gonna be jamming you good yeah but, I love uh, it man y'all hey man be be good be great be kind Love yourself. Be easy on yourself, man. But be hard on yourself at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, man. Just love life. Love it's life. Every every minute, man. Live, every love life. Moment. Thank you Manifest so much. your destiny, baby. Yes, sir. Thank hey, you, man. Some of the things you dropped along the way is in terms of like when you first had that bug, you know, poetry can talk to me. I wrote that because I think we've, we've yeah. all had that quote, the coupling of words that just hits us and hits that stroke in a certain way. And then wear it on your sleeve. I'm encouraging yes. listeners. Uh, whatever yes, wear your sleeve, man. Wear it on your sleeve. Who you are, wear who you are on your sleeve and then apply the skills you have into the many avenues that are around yes. you and stay connectable, stay relatable. You want, no matter how deep in your craft you get, no matter how great you get, you have to understand that there needs to be a bridge between those that enjoy your art and those that are on that same level as you. You have to bridge that gap because if you don't, no one will actually feel that connection. I think those are some of the great points and and plenty more. I hope our listeners go back and and listen to this a couple more times. No doubt. Moody Black, thank you so much. And to the listeners. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you so (laughs) much to the listeners. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure Ah. without a little pain. (laughs) Let's go. I love it, man. I love it. Let's go. (laughs) Let's grow. No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, 
a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.